jump in here to the book of Acts. Uh, Drew, as I said, did a great job. Acts is a book about what happened in the journey of the early church when the supernatural, supernatural reality of the Spirit of God descended upon humanity, upon Jesus' followers, and then how that early church, that ecclesia, that what means the called out ones. So don't, when we say church in reference to, to early New Testament times, the book of Acts, we're not talking about this sort of Sunday morning setting. We're talking about distinctives of holy, set-aside people, called out ones, out of culture to be messengers of Jesus. That that called out church would become Jews and Gentiles together and that they were caught up in what God was doing on the earth and then how they stepped boldly forward into, to join him in the message and spread the message everywhere. For as Jesus said to them, that you would go from Jerusalem to Judea to the outermost parts of the earth. And so as the spirit of God fell, people stepped into the mission of God, what he was doing and how that expanded from where they were, 100, 150 people all the way around the world. And so here's what I want us to get as a church out of Acts is that we would have this expectation in our lives that says, God, do it again. Continue to do this. So our challenge to you is that we are studying the book of Acts. We are going to be in the book of Acts probably until 2022. And so we are sitting in this believing that God has something for us. And there may be some series and some things that we jump off on and different stuff. But we're going to stay in this. And we want you to be reading and studying this with us. As Drew said, it is not the, the pastoral team or the teaching team's job to stand up here and to teach you just this is what the Bible says, live with it. We are here to empower you and equip you to study the word and apply it to your life and see it functionally living out in your life. We are to be a launching place, a ascending place. We're to be an empowering place. And so we want you to be studying the book of Acts. And here's what I want you to do throughout the book of Acts. When you see God doing something, I want you to circle it and I want you to say, God, do it again. I want you to keep a prayer journal, a miracle journal, uh, whatever you would call it as you're looking through Acts, that you would take these scriptures and these stories and these these encounters that people are having with God and you would say, I want to put this on a prayer list in my journal and say, I want this present reality in my life as well. We're not reading a book that is historical that says this is what happened way back then. We're reading a book that is present and, and I know a lot's been made of the fact that Acts had no ending. It didn't wrap up. Why? Because we are still living out the book of Acts and so our expectation is God, I want the miraculous. I want encounters with you. I want to be walking down the street and run into someone and they're reading their Bible and they go, hey, I've got questions about this and I get to share Jesus with them. I want to be in places where I'm walking by someone and I'm able to pray with them and see them healed or see them given hope or see their life changed. Like we want those things. And so as we're reading Acts, that we would look at it and say, God, I want that present in my life, my church, my family, my reality. And so we get to ask that this is taking place in our community groups, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our cities, in our nations. So circle those passages that jump out at you as you're studying the book of Acts and make a list of things that you're just saying, I'm expecting this to become my new reality because God, if you're still moving on the earth, you're moving in me and through me and with me and that means I get to participate in the extension of the stories and the books of Acts. So the book of Acts is telling us how the church was born, how it grew together and then in chapter eight, how it was scattered but the church scattered and persecuted didn't stop anything. It actually expanded the rate at which the gospel, the good news, the beautiful news of Jesus was being expanded through to every single person. So they, the, the church being persecuted didn't hinder the church at all. It actually brought fresh expressions of the truth of Jesus Christ all over the known world. 
And so this series exists to challenge us and to commission us to continue this story that began in Acts and to lay down our lives in such a way that we are able to carry Jesus powerfully and presently in everything that we do into every person and every circumstance that we find ourselves in, believing that we are in a continuation of it and that in a season where we feel like there's been a lot of change, a lot of pushback, a lot of things have been shifting in people's lives, that this would not be seen as something that is hindering us, but is really something that's giving us an opportunity to reassess and go, God, you have shifted things in my life. How are you going to fill the space that has been created? Every one of us this morning is saying, yeah, Life has been different. Things have changed. There is space. There is shifts. There's those things that have happened. But what we do is we offer those things to God. Instead of refilling our life as things move forward, let's not refill our life with things that we have recognized. We're of no value. We're not bringing things to us. We're not building us up. We're not connecting us deeper to the heart of the Father. Don't, don't re-invite things into your life that weren't working before. So as we see this new season, we're on, the, we're on this place of stepping into new things. Please. Let's say, I have space, God, come and fill it. He always honors space in your life with the willingness to fill it with his presence and with his spirit that we would carry forward something powerful as we let go of a lot of things that maybe we thought were important before, but now we've learned that they are not vital. And so we want to do this in this understanding as we study Acts. Remember this. The disciples of the first century, they had no Bible they had no Bible college. They had no church buildings. They had no fancy outside tents. Yeah, woo. Uh, they did have pop-ups from Walmart, though. I saw it in the, it was in the footnotes. It was in the Greek. You wouldn't understand. Um, they didn't have the Nicene Creed. They didn't have any creeds. They didn't have any denominations. They didn't have outreach organizations. They didn't have youth summer camp. They didn't have, they didn't have youth summer trips to Mexico. Shocking. Uh, they didn't have any of these things. Remember that, please, as you're reading this story. There is no Bible. There was no Bible. So they were just doing what Jesus instructed them. Now, I'm not saying this at all. Don't hear me. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that the Bible is not important. I'm actually saying, I'm not saying this to point and say, oh, the Bible wasn't, isn't important or valuable. I'm actually pointing to say how incredible is it that they were able to do what they did by simply focusing on Jesus, on the outpouring of his spirit, on those who witnessed his life and would teach them about Jesus. And all they did was go and fulfill the commission that Jesus gave to them. They didn't need any of the other stuff that sometimes I think we believe is so vital. And we get so con caught up on the things that we believe are vital that we're not actually doing the commission that Jesus has given us to do because we're over here arguing about past passages of scripture that in a hundred years aren't going to matter as much as we believe they do. What matters, what matters is that we are connected with Jesus in such a powerful way that his life is manifesting out of us and we're seeing the kingdom come and his will being done everywhere that we go. That instead of being able to memorize the Bible, that we would actually be seeing the fruit of living out the Bible as the thing that justifies our existence on this block in Medford, Oregon. That justifies how we are living out our faith. What if we had no Bible to say, oh, I'm following all the Bible, but I'm producing no fruit. What if, what if, what if it was just 
Is there fruit from our life and our relationship with Jesus? That's what the early church had. How did they have to, what did they have to verify? What did they have? It was just the miraculous. It was the acts of God. It was the telling of the story of Jesus over and over and over again by those who witnessed his life. Tell us again the story. Tell us again the story. Tell us how he came to Thomas. Tell us again about the fish and loaves. Tell us what he taught you about the kingdom. When he walked with you on the road to Emmaus, what did he teach you? What did he teach you? What was that? I want to know about that. So they didn't have this, 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 this New Testament that we have today, but they had the opportunity to live out the fruit. Now, do you guys understand that I'm not saying the Bible is bad? Should be ignored? No, 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 no. I've spent my entire life devoted to and teaching the Word. I've built my entire life on the Word of God, on the Bible. So I'm in no way diminishing that. I'm just celebrating the fact that it's incredible that they just lived crazy free and they went and they did the things that Jesus was asking them to do. What if we did that as well? The only thing they had to verify or pursue was the manifestation of the kingdom and the power and the fruit of their allegiance and their reliance upon the teachings and the testimonies of Jesus Christ and the indwelling presence of his spirit. And that little transformational community of people doing that turned the world upside down. So let me ask you this this morning as we wrap up our time. What is your faith in Jesus turning upside down? Has the Spirit of God fallen so powerfully upon you that it has rerouted and recalibrated your entire life? Acts chapter 2 tells us this beautiful story of people meeting together and praying and waiting. And the Spirit fell on them and it changed everything. And in that changing of everything, they turn the world upside down. And I'm looking around this room and I'm celebrating because when I ask that question, what is the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life turned upside down in your life? What is your life turned upside down? I'm looking at story after story after story after story of people who are saying, man, when I, just, when I encountered Jesus for who he truly was, nothing was ever the same. And he will, he will exchange your entire value system and he will reshuffle everything and you'll begin to move away from performance into healing and health and restoration and joy and hope. And then what do you do with that? That filling. You just give it away because it's Jesus. And you tell people, this is what Jesus has done for me. This is what Jesus looks like in me. I see the stories and the moments and the people. God has used you to turn whole family lines upside down. He has used you to turn whole stories upside down. He has used you to turn whole businesses upside down, families and changing families and changing people's lives. That's the type of people that we hunger and desire to be, that we would wait on the Spirit, that as He falls on us and moves through us, that we would turn this world upside down for Him and that we would calibrate our life to His purpose, to His kingdom. That's what Acts chapter 2, that's what Acts is about, is this little group of people who had such an encounter with Jesus and such a value and a love for him that they couldn't help but tell everyone about him everywhere that they went. And if we believe that we are living a continuation of Acts as empowered witnesses for Jesus, then studying Acts 
for these next several months is going to lead us outward to our neighbors, to our cities. It's going to open our tables and our homes to other people like we never have before. It's going to lead us to others. It's going to lead us to outsiders around us. It's not going to lead us to bigger church gatherings. It's not going to lead us to Sunday mornings. It's not going to lead us to a big building. Hear me this. If we are to study the book of Acts and put it into practice, it is going to lead you outward. And you may find that you never come back to church again because you have church around your table with your neighbors and people that are hurting and you're seeing Jesus encounter them in that place. What if we had such a church where it was empty, not because we're terrible at churching, which we're not the best at, but what if it was empty because everybody who came here just went, I get it. I'm with you. I'm fired up. I'm filled up. I'm going to go do it. I will check in in a couple months. Like, praise God, let's have some empty churches because people have chosen to go instead of to make something sacred like a Sunday morning ga gathering, which is not sacred. What is sacred is that human being that you and only you have a voice into their life and their heart. That you and only you have a key to that family history. You and only you have a place to speak where no one else will be hurt. That's what's sacred is that human being that God says, that's my son, that's my daughter. And as Nisha was praying, I've left the 99 and I've sent you to pursue my one. Let's empty some churches because we're pursuing the lost. Let's empty some churches because we're opening our tables and our homes to people. Let's empty some churches because we are so pursuing the other and the forgotten and the one that is broken down on the side of the road and we just get to love their life and see them connected to Jesus. If we teach this well, if we teach the book of Acts well, not only will our church be empty, apparently, um, <laughs> you will be empowered and challenged to think creatively and outside the box of how you are bringing Jesus and his reality and his truth and his hope. He is the way, he's the truth, he's the life. No one comes to the Father but through Jesus. You will be challenged to creatively imagine and dream how you are gonna take the reality of Jesus into your sphere of influence. So that's what I want Acts to do for us. I want it to start to stir things up and spin things up. Like our solution, our, our reality for reaching people for Jesus and showing the love of Jesus to people must never be, I will invite them to church and let the guy on the front or the lady on the front tell them about Jesus. You get to go carry the light into the darkness. You get to be creative on how that happens and what that, what that looks like. And you get to play the long game. Some of the ideas you guys have, let me say this and I'll be done. No, I'm not. They're, they're ready to go. Okay. Um, so we just, I'll stop. But we just want you to be creative. Oh, some of the ideas that you guys have. You dismiss some of the ideas that you have of bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth because they take a long time. And you feel like everything that Jesus is doing should be immediate. And it must be able to be verified by like, I went and talked to that person. I prayed for them. They fell over. Jesus came. The spirit, like a dove, rested on them. It was incredible. Five minutes later, right? Some of you have ideas for bringing the kingdom to earth of healing and, and, and changing and, and leading people that takes 20 years. Planting today and stewarding that seed and stewarding that seed and stewarding that seed. It could be 20, 25 years before you see that happening. And we've bought into a lie in church that we're short timers here. And I want to tell you this. God is empowering you with dreams and visions that aren't going to be five-minute dreams and visions. They're going to be 50-year dreams and visions. They're going to be 100-year dreams and visions. And so if we're going to live out the book of Acts, we're going to have to be willing to be creative. And every single one of us can't look around this room and say, I've got to do it like that person does. I've got to look like that person. I've got to talk like that person. There's enough of me. There's enough of you. There's, we need you to be you. And we need you to, to, to bring those dreams out of your heart that may not be 
today or tomorrow. They may be way down the road. And I want to just say to you, I celebrate that. I see that. And I want us to be a place where you can walk that out creatively as well. So what is it God's calling you to do? What is he challenging you to do? Let's, let's move into that. Acts chapter 2, um, I guess we'll get more into it next week. Um, this week I want to invite you, one thing about, about Acts chapter 2 is just that reality of them waiting on the Spirit in the upper room. And one of the things that we've created in the rhythm of this church is abide nights every other Wednesday night. And what we're believing for is it's a night of prayer, it's a night of intercession, it's also a night just waiting on the Spirit of God to come, to touch us, to fill us, and to send us out into the things that he wants us to do. So please consider as a rhythm of your spiritual life to, to come and be a part of those nights with us. Not because we want to add one more thing on your calendar. We don't need more Wednesday night things. But if it is a value, if it has a supernatural rhythm to your life to say this is a place where with my community of friends and family I connect with Jesus and we move in and we wait on him. That's a powerful thing. So that's at 6 o'clock on Wednesday nights. So we'd love to see you there. Okay, I took extra minutes. If you guys have kingdom kids, would you go love on John and Christina? Hey, Christina. Hey. Um, and you know what they would really love? What would be the best if you were like, I'm sorry that we went so long. I would like to volunteer to join your team. Okay, so, all right, we love you guys. Have a great Sunday. Come, don't forget to text. I can help to that number. Love you. Thank you. You're awesome.